With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. Want to say hello to all the pewter people that are joining us for today's show, this Thursday edition, um, as we get one day closer to potentially the Buccaneers clinching the NFC South title for the third week in a row. The question is, will they be able to do it? We'll uh, talk about that, talk about what we saw from the Bucks facility today, and we will be answering many, many questions slash addressing many, many comments from the Peter people today. So uh, if you guys have a comment or a super chat, feel free to uh, put it in the chat and we will get to it. So think of today's episode as a Q&A if you want to talk about the um, Bucks right now, the future of the Bucks, the playoff picture, the draft, whatever it is. We'll talk about it all. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joining with me is Adam Slavon from PewterReport.com. Adam, how are we doing? Mr. Matt, I'm doing great. Uh, the second to last podcast of the year. So got some pressure on us to do well, but not as much pressure as the Bucks face this Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I definitely do not think this is going to be easy for the Buccaneers. I know it's simple to look at this group and say, wow, the Bucks are flying high. They're firing all, on all cylinders, and those are all true. And yeah. the Saints look like they stink. Their offense was terrible against the Rams. I don't care about that late comeback because if you remember, it was aided by a blocked punt. Um, everything is saying take the Buccaneers this week. And I'm not saying I'm not taking the Buccaneers. I'm just saying I do not think it's going to be a walk in the park as everyone believes it is going to be but there definitely is a little bit more pressure on them than us um but we already got a couple super chats out of the gate so yeah thank you to nick k who has two super chats we'll start with this one um he gave us a 99 cent super chat and he asks any chance russell gage can come back for the playoffs appreciate the question but the answer is no and uh you also had that for a dollar 99 super chat as well now russell gage um I know it's it's been kind of crazy with certain injuries that players are able to come back from. And he did he got injured. We were there 
I mean, you saw it with your own yeah. eyes. I was on the other side of the field because it was the joint training camp practice with the uh, Bucks and the Jets when the Jets uh, when the Bucks were in New York. Um, but even then, that's still even too early for the uh, for the Bucks to to expect Russell Gage back. Yeah, I agree, and especially like seeing guys like Trey Palmer, David Moore, uh, Rakim Jarrett's working his way back. Uh, there's other options to rely on as that third wide receiver. And with Russell Gage, it's a really hard to just throw him back in the mix, like on a playoff run to get him back out there. And still it's too early yet. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, but you know, the good thing though, is that they've gotten more production from wide receiver three as of late, whether it was, um, David Moore two weeks ago or Trey Palmer last week. Dave Canales even brought up, you know, Kate Otten showing up in, in big time moments and Devin Tompkins had a touchdown the last time that these two teams played. So um, they are getting a lot more production from other areas outside of Mike and Chris and Rashad White, which is funny because there was a time in the season where it was like, okay, it's Mike Evans. And then Rashad White is option number two. Now, Chris Godwin has completely thrown himself back into the mix as one of the best options. And in that same time, Mike Evans has only gotten better. Chris Godwin has significantly gotten better. And Rashad White hasn't lost a step at all. If anything, he's gotten better as a running back, and he's always been a threat in the passing game. So I think that just kind of speaks to everything that's been the discussion over the last two weeks of this offense is bumping. It is absolutely rolling. And uh, it's all you could say the offense is baking. Yes, you could say the (laughs) offense is baking. But yeah, uh, when we talked to Dave Canales today, he pointed to the offense being something that he wants to be proud of. And the way he's gotten Chris Godwin involved in recent weeks, it's really been encouraging. And you could argue that it's opened up the running game as well with Rashad White. I think he's averaging 84 yards over the past five games. You really see things starting to click. Uh, Baker Mayfield. He's been in a rhythm. He's been that point guard Dave Canales has spoken about on offense. And it's fair to wonder when you look at this game, will the Bucs clinch the division title? If they win, what does it mean for the futures of Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield? When uh, Luke Gedeke was speaking uh, to us today, he mentioned that Baker Mayfield has an aura about him. And you can argue in the past uh, four wins that you're starting to see a culture uh, surrounding Baker Mayfield Guys love to play for him. They love to go to battle alongside him. Uh, curious to get your thoughts, Matt. Does this win secure the futures of Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield in Tampa Bay? Ooh, that's a really good question. I think it secures the future of Baker Mayfield. Uh, because more importantly than anything else, Baker has shown that this team can look pretty damn good when he's playing at his best. And it shows that this team lo- – I mean, this team loves him. You're, you're yeah. there every every Thursday. You've seen Tristan Wirfs go, Baker's a dog. He's <laughs> a dog. And, uh, you know, when the offensive linemen want to block for you a, a little extra and when, you know, the, the, the running back wants to hit the hole a little bit faster, when the wide receivers are are more inclined to dig their, their cleats into the grass and, and, and make that cut or – run that route to the best of their efficiency. Um, 
it, that plays a factor, and it's something that you know the analytics nerds can't quantify or anything like that. It's just it's heart and soul is really what it is. And I know Baker gets called a, a quarterback that has grit and moxie, and at t- at times, especially that word moxie is just it's kind of a, a word that's used for hey, he's not that good, but he cares and he tries hard. But in this case, I, I don't I don't think that at least accounts for what Baker's done over the past couple of games. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think a win and a uh, convincing division clinching win secures at least another season for Baker Mayfield. Todd Bowles, I think, is a little bit of a different story. Um, and he's definitely played his way into returning or coached his way into returning next season. I do wonder how that playoff game would look. I think they have to beat Carolina oh, yeah. because, and, and it helps his case as well being like, Hey, I won six games in a row, but I mean, it, it, let's just say they go 10 and six. I guess the question is if they go 10 and six and get smoked by the Cowboys, I could see him getting fired. If they go 10 and six and lose a competitive close game, then I think he can keep his job. If they win, it's a guarantee that he'll yeah. be back. But what if they go nine and seven and they lose in a close one? That's where I think I still think Bowles would be back. I wouldn't necessarily call it a, a coin flip of whether or not he would return, but I would say it would be like 60 40 or something like that. I, I don't think it's um you know it's out of the realm of the possibility that he wouldn't that he wouldn't be let go. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I would agree with your assessment there. I would say though, um, if Todd Bowles, if he wins a playoff game, it would just cap a season of just so many ups and downs for these Buccaneers. And the best moment this season would arguably be winning the NFC South this Sunday at home against the division rival saints, Todd Bowles, he's really owned the saints and it just been so welcome to see that the Buccaneers have been able to emerge victorious after so many years of being defeated by New Orleans. Yeah, right. Like uh, Bruce Arians went to Super Bowl with the with the Bucs, but like could barely beat the Saints outside of that one playoff game. And for all the struggles that the Bucs had last year, they went two and zero against the Saints, and then they beat the Saints earlier this season, and really a quite a convincing win. So. That's definitely a feather in the cap of uh, Todd Bowles. I want to get to the video from Dave Canales today. Uh, I had asked him because last week it was the big thing. He got emotional saying he wanted to do right by Todd. And he wasn't getting emotional. This organization. Week. Yeah, I, I was not trying to get him <laughs> to cry again today. And I couldn't help but think of the movie. Oh, damn it. It's a, it's the softball movie with uh, League of Their Own. When he goes, there's no Tom Hanks goes, there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in football either. Actually, football is a very emotional game. Uh, so there are some tears shed at times. But I, I, I did want Dave Canales to, to – to, I just wanted to hear from him about what he's learned from Todd Bowles about being a head coach and and not controlling the locker room but being in tune with that locker room. Because Canales goes out of his way to give shout-outs to all the assistant coaches. Yeah. Even today, uh, he, I mean, he talks about Pete Carroll almost as much as he does Todd Bowles. And that's not 
Canales fault. He just gets asked a lot of questions. He spent about thirteen him. years with him, and he did. He spent thirteen years with them. Um, but he gets asked about Pete Carroll all the time. Canales is always someone to talk about other coaches that he's learned from. So, what about the coach that hired him to be the offensive coordinator? I I wanted to know that a little bit more. So, this is this was his response to it. Dave, last week you talked about uh, wanting to do right by Todd and and the organization. So, I'm just curious, what have you learned from Todd about being a coach and? keeping the locker room together and anything you've picked up on. Are you trying to get me to cry again up here? No. That, that was a one-time deal, okay? We got it out for the year. Uh, no, um, you know, I think I've talked about this before with Coach Bowles is his consistency. Um, I think that I've just watched him just with the ebbs and flows of the season. I mean, the, the roller coaster that this season has been to watch him just be steady and to be the same guy with the same message to the team same message to the staff, the same belief, even through those that four-game losing streak for him to talk to the guys after the games in the locker room and say, guys, if this was an effort problem, I'd be really concerned. But you guys are playing so hard. And just reaffirming the good parts of what our group means and the character of this team, he kept reaffirming those things and saying, however, we got to work on these fundamental things and just going right to it, attacking it, show it in front of the team so that everybody's accountable to it. Coaches included, you know, we just, we all have our things to work on. And he just kept it about those things. He didn't make it about these bigger stories or anything like that. He just kept it about the ball. And that's what I really appreciate about him. Yeah. I really liked what he had to say about bowls, keeping the, the locker room together, just his message to the team. In those times, because, you know, Todd isn't always as open with everybody. And I get it. it. That's just how Todd is. He doesn't want to reveal everything to everybody. We did talk about Baker Mayfield as well. And just what makes Baker so likable? I think this intertwines with what we were just talking about a minute ago, Adam. So, yeah, this was Dave Canales' answer to why he thinks Baker is has really immersed himself into the, this Bucks locker room the way that he has. Um, he cares. He cares about his guys. Like, he cares about all of us. And um, he came here, and from the jump, he wanted to meet with certain guys, you know, and, and really start to develop the relationship. Um, you know, the chemistry he has with, with the offensive line, like, he belongs in that room, you know, like, with those dudes. And um, and at the same time, he comes into our QB room, you know, and we have a, we have a level of conversation in there where we got to kind of talk about everything and um, so he's able to like, he's got that chameleon effect, you know, where he's able to kind of make his way into any group and then just be really comfortable in his own skin um, is a big part of it. And then a guy that just bets on himself, you know, and at the end of the day, he's like, game on the line. I want the ball in my hands and let's go. You know, and that's that's kind of his mentality, you know, throughout the game. Um, and I think that he's done a great job of balancing that with when to try, when to take care of the ball. A sack's not the worst thing in the world. You know, I know we, we don't like it from a statistical standpoint looking back at it, but sometimes taking a sack when they have a clear advantage on a, on a rush or on a blitz, it's a great, you know, he's made some great decisions for us, and that's the kind of ball that's going to take us further. Um, one of the first things we do in the spring is we watch all of, we watch crossover film of all the playoff teams, and we watch the quarterback play from a pocket standpoint to see how really good playoff quarterbacks manage games, know when to try, know when to say uncle and say, okay, well, we got a great defense on the other side. Let's just keep playing football. We're going to flip the field 
and they have that in the back of their minds and so to watch him grow into that and take our team in that in that direction is another great attribute that baker brings let's get to a couple of uh super chats starting out with eric moreno thank you eric for the five dollar super chat who says Chances that Shaq and Carlton get ruled out tomorrow. Well, let's take a quick gander over at the injury report that just came out mere seconds after or before the show had started. And it's relative. It's almost identical. Or as they said in uh, My Cousin Vinny, identical. Uh, Shaq Barrett out again with the groin. Carlton Davis out again with a concussion. The only addition to the injury report is Chris Godwin, who just had a rest day. So uh, he did not participate, though I wouldn't worry about that too much. Mike Green and Rakim Rakim Jarrett, uh, both in the 21-day window to come off of the IR. They once again fully participated, and Coke Keith did not participate again. Um, For the Saints... All the same again, except for safety Jordan Howden, who did not practice yesterday, was limited. Um, wow, the Saints really screwed up their uh, injury report because it says Thursday, Friday, Saturday game status. They don't even have a Wednesday status, even though today is Thursday. So yeah. Friday status should be their Thursday status. But you know what? That's why the Saints are in second place and the Bucks are in first. Um, <laughs> to answer Eric's question i think i would be very very surprised if carlton davis played in in sunday's game very very surprised i mean he wasn't out there today uh he wasn't out there yesterday even in times when carlton has been injured whether it was a toe injury or something like that yeah exactly we'll see him in the locker room and we just ha- we haven't seen him at all. So I think, unfortunately, this is along the lines of one of the more serious uh, concussion injuries. I'm not reporting anything. Uh, he could just be out this week and be back. Um, I would be very, very surprised if we saw Carlton Davis. Now, Shaq, we saw him in the locker room. He was moving around a little bit. Um, didn't Still practice kind of walking with a limp, row. though. Yeah. B- Based a bit on of a what limp. I saw. I think... Um, I'll give it a 50-50 shot that Shaq Barrett plays or whether or not he gets ruled out tomorrow. Um, but that- as I said yesterday, Adam, if there were two positions that the Bucs are like best equipped for to replace guys, it's outside linebacker and cornerback. Yeah, I agree. And I would just say if I was a betting man like Mr. Matty Diamonds here, I would oh, say cool. that that both of them are probably not going to play on Sunday. Uh, but again, when you have guys like Zion McCollum who stepped up, Yaya Diaby, can't say it like Scott, but yeah. uh, when you have those two guys filling their places, uh, the Bucks are in a good position. And when you look over at the Saints injury report, uh, can they stop Yaya? I'm going to say no, no, because Ryan Ramchek uh, is one of the best right tackles in football. He did not participate. And then you look at left tackle, Andres Pete, who they moved over there. Um, he's been their left tackle since week seven, and he's given up 23 pressures and 16 quarterback hurries. So with a question mark on the right side, uh, left tackle struggling, it's going to be hard for the Saints to be able to stop Yaya and any other pass rusher that comes uh, the Saints way. Yeah, and what's really big in this one is Yaya Diaby. 
wasn't exactly the factor then that he is now. I mean, he wasn't starting at that point. What was that? The Bucks' fourth game of the season? Yeah, it was their last game before they went into the bye many, many moons ago when they had a bye week, which was so freaking early. And Yaya wasn't a factor. Mike Evans got injured in the second quarter and didn't play in the second half. The run game stunk then, but actually ran it really well against the Saints. So whether it's on offense or defense, there are a lot of things that the Bucks didn't show uh, New Orleans in that first game, let alone that their offense is playing so much better, that they'll be able to use for this one, especially on that defensive side of the ball with Yaya Diaby starting at outside linebacker. And it makes me intrigued to see who lines up on the other side of outside linebacker. If Shaq can't go, will they start Anthony Nelson or will they start Joe Tryon Shanka? I think that's a, a big question that obviously Todd Bowles will have. He won't tell the media, but he will have an answer for it uh, come Sunday. Who would you start in that situation? In that situation, uh, I'd probably go with Anthony Nelson and then probably split uh, Joe Tryon Shanka, maybe about 50, 50, but another guy I want to see in the mix, Marquise Watts. If yeah. Shaq can go, uh, there's another 58 that Shaq wore. Um, <laughs> he's been doing his best impression of trying to get after the quarterback. And it would be nice to see him maybe five, 10 snaps uh, on Sunday. Yeah, Marquise Watts had a good run. You know, we asked Todd about it. Why aren't you playing Marquise Watts? And he, he said a couple weeks ago that he needs to know he needs to show that he can play in any defense, not just these pass rushing situations. And then he didn't help himself out. I think two weeks ago when he jumped off sides Um, and then Cam Gill played last game. So you do wonder if he got punished for that or, you know, what they've seen with Cam Gill that kind of gave him the nod. It probably, I guess, come down to special teams. But if, if Shaq doesn't play, there's a chance that both Gill and, Marquise Watts are are active for the game because you would need that fourth stringer and outside linebacker. They typically brought on five outside linebackers for the games because it'd be Shaq, yeah. it'd be Yaya, JTS, Anthony Nelson, and then either Cam Gill or Marquise Watts. So um, I, I don't want Shaq hurt. At the same time, I do want to see some of the other guys have these opportunities. And you can afford to keep Shaq out of this game because they just have to win one of their next two in a perfect world. They would just win against new Orleans and have a stress-free game against the Panthers. But I mean, I'd be so, so, so surprised that the Bucs lost two in a row, especially right. to Carolina, even if they're playing a little bit better. So maybe it's one of those things you rest Shaq. If it was a playoff game, he probably plays, but they have two shots at clinching it. So if they don't beat the, beat the saints, he probably plays Shaq the uh, the last game of the season where they have to have it against um Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Against the Carolina Panthers. Let's get to this other super chat we have for Richie P. 
Thank you to Richie for the $10 super chat. He says, I know it's early for the draft stuff. That's quite all right. As I stated at the beginning of the show, we will answer everything about the Bucks, whether it's the current team, next season, the draft, whatever. So you are totally good, Richie. Um, so I, he says, I know it's early for the draft stuff, but with that first pick of the draft, are you thinking cornerback, interior offensive line, or edge? Do you think it's fair to say quarterback need is off the table, at least for now? Adam, you can uh, you can start with this one. Yeah, this is a great question. So uh, if I was Jason Light, uh, which I'm not, but I would go edge uh, with the first pick. I would say that because with the interior offensive line, uh, Jason, he's shown a great knack for finding uh, offensive linemen in the second round uh, with Cody Mauk and Luke Gedeke. Uh, later in the draft, whether that's Alex Kappa or Ali Marpet. And I don't think that's as pressing of a need as edge rusher, getting that that elite guy that you can really build around. Uh, you've seen it a couple of years ago when Shaq Barrett, he was dropping 20 sacks. Uh, yeah. The defense really catered around him. And when you have that elite pass rusher, it opens up so many more things, especially for a guy like Todd Bowles in terms of blitz, blitz packages. Um and with cornerback, you have Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean. Uh, one of them is a sure lock to be on the roster next year. And Zion McCollum. So you have three guys there. So I would say edge. And I also want to take this time uh, to compare Jason White and Mickey Loomis of the New Orleans okay. Saints in terms of how they built their teams. Because this Sunday, it's a matchup of two general managers who've really built their respective teams in different ways. Uh, when you have Jason Light, he's invested in the trenches uh, with the, the guys I mentioned. And also on the defensive side, uh, Kalijah Kansi and Vita Vea. And for Mickey Loomis, he's let a lot of those guys that he's drafted go just because they've been so strapped for cash in recent years. And you look at how the Bucks they've taken on all that dead cap this year, while the Saints... They just keep adding on, and it's getting really hard yeah. to see them having a future um, with allowing so many of their young core to go and then also having aging veterans. So I think it's it's really interesting to look at the draft and see how Jason Light and Mickey Loomis have built their teams and then also how they've addressed the quarterback situation. Uh, yeah, I, I'll get to Richie's thing in a second. I just want to address this from Jay Tur- T. Turner 1508 who says Matt only refers to Baker being good in the context of the last couple games when in reality he's been good all year it's very obvious he isn't a Baker fan that's complete and utter bullshit and I think it's a complete crap that you're gonna say that right now um I've been very complimentary of Baker at times I've also said when he hasn't played well there were certain games this year where he hasn't played well he sucked against the Lions he was downright terrible against Detroit. But you know what? I also gave Baker a ton of credit when he got it together and played well in that first game in the season uh, against the Vikings. And he made that big run at the end to get the first down. And he made that huge throw um, to get it to Chris Godwin. I gave him a ton of credit for when he uh, threw three touchdowns against the New Orleans Saints, who he's playing against this week. The team lost six of seven, okay? Yeah. So when you lose six games in a row, I'm Can't not going to sit the here and be like, oh, my God, Baker's been amazing. No, the whole team was bad during that losing streak. Uh, what has he done well? 
he's held on to the uh, held on to the football. He has um he has not turned over the ball. That's been great. And now he's making all the throws that you've wanted him to make. That was the one knock on Baker during those losing streaks is he had guys open like Trey Palmer in, in certain games and, and and the 49ers game where he just overthrew him. He was missing those throws. Now he's making those throws. And yes, it's been tweaked. He's not throwing the deep, deep ball as much and just going to the intermediate. So to say that I'm not a fan of Baker is just crap. It's not true. And I'm not just going to let you guys say this when it hasn't been the case. Have I been critical of him? Yeah, absolutely. Three, four weeks ago, people were saying, oh, my God, should Kyle Trask be the uh, quarterback now? So don't say that I'm the one saying that Baker's been so awful. Baker's been great the past couple of weeks. I was the first person to say as soon as that game was done against the Packers that Baker Mayfield was going to be the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. And what happened, Adam? He was the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Yeah, he was. So to say that I'm a Baker hater and I'm obviously not a fan is just not true. And I'm not going to let you get away with it. Anyway, back to the Super Chat from Richie. And thank you, Richie, again. This is a fantastic question. Does it take... Uh, the quarterback off the table for right now. I think it takes it out of the first round because yeah. Baker Mayfield has played really damn good. So I think you take Baker for next season, at least for next season. You want to sign him to a two, three year deal. I think I'm fine with that too. I don't think that precludes the Bucks from looking at a quarterback in the second or third round if the right guy falls to the right spot. You know, if they like a guy, Definitely. they're going to take him regardless of um, of what position. So, out of those choices, I think edge rusher has to be first because and you talk about Jason Light kind of building a team and, and and how it's constructed. Well, on the offensive side, you got two anchors on the end with Tristan Wirfs and Luke Gedeke. A.K.A. Waterboy. A.K.A. Waterboy. <laughs> A.K.A. Captain Insano. <laughs> um now, on the defensive side, going in, you thought you had anchors with Shaq and JTS. That plan hasn't totally worked out, especially on the JTS side. But then, here comes Yaya Diaby. So you have one spot solidified. We'll see what happens with Shaq next season. But you bring in another edge rusher, you got core players on both of those ends, two of the most important positions in all of football outside of quarterback. Arguably, the next too important after it um so i think you got to take that opportunity into your offensive line i know the bucks probably aren't i mean if they make the playoffs they're not gonna be picking until like the 20s typically non uh, typically interior offensive linemen aren't taken until later the first round or not until the second or third round and with the way that jason light drafts you could find a starting center in the middle round. And then, he'll, go, he'll go to Idaho and find exactly. a left guard. He'll, he'll go anywhere to find uh, his guys. And then at corner, I'm curious to get your opinion on this. Because, yes, in a vacuum, you could just say, okay, you cut Carlton Davis, you save all that money, bam, Zion becomes your starter. And that's completely true. Yeah. But I also think we're overlooking depth a little bit. Because how about this? Carlton isn't the only guy that's been getting hurt on the box in the secondary. Um, Jamel Dean's missed almost as much time as Carlton Davis. 
what happens next season if Carlton's not there? It's Zion and Jamel as your starters, and Jamel Dean misses five, six games like he has before. Yeah. Where's the depth now? Who's coming in? I mean, you could put D Delaney there um, and, and kind of deal with something else back at, at safety. I think the end move is still cut Carlton Davis and make that money. I'm just thinking we can't overlook the amount of, of, of depth that's so important, especially at corner. So, again, I, I don't think that would be make corner my first round pick, but it could be something that, man, maybe a third or fourth rounder you bring in a corner just to add to that depth and, and, and grow it for the future. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's it wouldn't be the most pressing thing, but definitely like a day two pick addressing that. Um, if you were to cut Carlton Davis and also, let's say, restructure uh, Ryan, Ryan Jensen and letting go of Russell Gage, and you're starting to look at all the cap room that you're saving, maybe you can argue keeping Carlton Davis and saying, hey, we know what we have in him. Um, when he plays on the field, if that's 12, 14 games a season instead of 17, you know that you have a solid cornerback. So if you have three corners that are solid, you're in a good place. A lot of teams would envy that, but you also need that depth. As you mentioned, you need that guy that can come in a pinch and whether that's D Delaney, maybe, but also getting somebody young that you can develop. We've really seen Zion McCollum grow in a second season after being a fifth round pick. So if they invested in another guy with a similar draft position, I think that would be beneficial for the, for the secondary. I think everyone – oh, wow, Rutgers just had a blocked – they blocked a punt for a touchdown in the pinstripe bowl against Miami. So, shout out Christian Izian and Rutgers. I also just found out today um, Todd Bowles' son is transferring. He's uh, hitting the transfer portal, so he won't be playing oh, wow. at won't be playing at Rutgers anymore. But anyway, shout out to Christian Izian. Nice play by Rutgers. Uh, you talk about investing, investing time. Um, I think everyone should be investing in the best – energy drink that's around which of course is celsius energy drinks the official sponsor of the pewter report podcast and the pewter game day show which we'll talk about a little bit later but there's so many awesome flavors the uh cosmic vibe the oasis vibe is great my personal favorite is the arctic vibe let me get that one yeah there's the oasis bam there's Arctic Vibe, my personal favorite. Uh, it's like a blueberry flavor. Really enjoy it. Um, but you also got the sparkling orange, the sparkling watermelon, the tropical vibe, the cola flavor, lemon lime, which you can see on the uh, game day graphic here. So many awesome flavors, sparkling watermelon, strawberry lemonade. It just keeps going and going. As uh, as little Wayne, as uh, Dwayne Carter once said, energize a bunny. It keep going. That's uh, like the flavors of Celsius. <laughs> anyway, uh, there's no sugar. There's no post-energy drink crash or jitters that you may get with another product out there. So if you need to know where to find a Celsius energy drink, go over to the Celsius store locator, punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest geographical location where you could pick one up on the Celsius store locator. It could be at a local Walmart, Target, 7-Eleven, health and fitness store, or your bodega bodega yeah once you keep going to your bodega and you know you love celsius maybe you run into yaya diaby and you're like oh man i like seeing yaya diaby but i don't want to make 15 different trips to the bodega i just want to get it in bulk and have it sent to my residence you can do that i'd recommend getting the variety pack because variety is the spice of life 
You can have it sent to your place of residence whenever you want. It could be a week, month, quarterly, yearly. You're the captain. You're in charge. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official energy drink of the Pewter Report podcast. I feel like I just had a uh, Celsius Energy Drink. Uh, <laughs> appreciate all the people saying some, uh, saying some kind words about me. You can disagree with me all you want, but like, I don't know. Bring a little bit more to the table. Don't just be ignorant about it. Um, anyway, appreciate the kind words. I'll be fine. I'm a big boy. And I always feel better when we get some more uh, super chats as well, starting with the buck crazy with a K. Thank you for the dollar at 99 super chat who says, I'll go safety to pair with Winfield. That's a very interesting one because Ryan Neal's yeah. here on a one-year contract. You have Kayvon Merriweather, who's been okay, but you know, he's an undrafted rookie. So yeah, finding that I don't want to say Jordan Whitehead replacement because it's been a couple of seasons now, but that strong safety, a guy that can play in the box. Not that Anthony Winfield Jr. can't. He clearly can, but just giving another piece, he can play anywhere. He can screw it. People always want to say, oh, Devin White, shouldn't he be an edge rusher? Antoine Winfield Jr. could be an edge rusher. Um, but I digress. I don't hate the idea, again, maybe not the first round, but I don't hate the idea of an early safety getting picked uh, to fill that role as as a strong safety. I don't think that's the worst idea. No, not at all. When you look at the safety position and you see the impact that Antoine Winfield Jr. has on a game-to-game basis, it's a very worthwhile investment if the right guy is there. Uh, We both will need to study up on our draft prep and see – if there's a prospect yeah. worth selecting in the first round at safety, because uh, again, a lot of times it's finding those those guys in the second, third rounds. I mean, Antoine Winfield Jr. was a second round pick. But if you can find the right guy, a playmaker, maybe along the lines of Mike Edwards, but maybe more polished in coverage, uh, things of that nature, to pair with Antoine Winfield Jr., man, that, that defensive backfield is going to look crazy. Yeah, it's all about finding that core nucleus. And they clearly have it on defense with... Kalijah Kansi with Yaya Diaby. Anthony Winfield Jr. is still very young. Um, so you have it right there. Zion McCollum at corner. So you have a lot of pieces. Linebacker might be the next one as well as we get to the super chat from Kelly Dwight Fields. Thanks for the 499 super chat who says, with a 3-4 defense, you can't go wrong with linebackers in the draft. I absolutely agree with that. I know they drafted Servasier Dennis, but once again, I do not think that precludes the box from drafting another linebacker. The reason why I don't think it'll be on day one or maybe even day two is I think the plan is to re-sign Levante David. If Levante still wants to play, I mean, there is a world where Levante's like, you know what? I've had my fun. I've made a yeah. fair amount of money. I'm going to ride off into the sunset because I don't feel like doing this anymore. That That is a possibility. I, I, I hate to even bring that up. But if Levante's here and you have KJ Britt in-house who looked pretty damn good when when Devin White was out, I think the Bucs are a little bit less inclined to draft a, a linebacker early, especially, you know, KJ Britt I think has next season and then he's a free agent. I, I don't think there's going to be a large market for KJ Britt unless he has like an unreal season next year as the starter. And you do have Sebastian Dennis in the hopper. And as we were learning from other teams, there are linebackers across the league that are drafted in the fourth, 
fifth round, even, you know, like J.J. Russell yeah. undrafted, that can really do a solid job as your starter and doesn't need to be like an all-world type of player. So uh, I, I think that would preclude the Bucks from from drafting one early. But I, I agree with Kelly Dwight Fields. You, you cannot go wrong with tra- drafting a linebacker for the future. Oh, for sure. Um, but I, again, I think with KJ and JJ, with those two, and then also Servassier, you have three linebackers that could rotate in next year should Levante and Devin walk out the door. If Levante comes back, you have him and those three options, and that becomes less of a need. Um, based on the super chat earlier, when you're looking at cornerback, edge rusher, and uh, interior offensive lineman, linebackers like the tier below those needs. It's you, you could always draft a linebacker, but it's not as pressing as those, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks to Sean for this four ninety nine super chat who says, "Hi, Matt." Do you think it's possible the Bucks sign Jordan Whitehead in free agency? Really miss having him in the back end. I thought Whitehead had one more year left on his deal. Um, yeah, but regardless, right. yeah, I think he has one more year, so they'd have to wait. Um, actually, let me look that up because I've seen some Jets people. I thought it was like three years, fourteen million. Jordan Whitehead contract. Uh, for the 2022 season, Whitehead secured a lucrative two-year, $14.5 contract. No, it looks like it's done after this season. Ooh. There is... Yeah, there's some dead cap money, but I think that's just the Jets maneuvering stuff in 2024. Uh... Yeah, I think he's a free agent after this year, if, I, if I'm reading this correctly. So, yeah, he's got a lot of void years. That, that's what it is. A lot of void years. Um, so I can tell you this uh, from sources that, that I've talked to. They really wanted Jordan Whitehead back last uh, when he was a free agent after, um, after he left the team in 2021. They really wanted Jordan Whitehead. The Jets just gave him an offer that kind of blew him out of the water compared to what Tampa Bay – could give him at the time or 2020 season, whenever he left in free agency. So the Bucks still do love Jordan Whitehead. I know that Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean are still very, very tight with him and we'll see what happens with Carlton, but they would love to have Jordan back from a chemistry standpoint. It makes total sense. He clearly yeah. knows the system. Todd Bowles is still there. It's the same type of defense. So from that aspect, it's made sense. Jordan Whitehead has four interceptions on the season, We've talked a lot about how the Bucs, um, you know, haven't done great in taking the ball away or just really just dropping interceptions. Now, he didn't make a ton of turnovers when he was with the Bucs, so he's gotten a little bit better at that. I also do want people to realize that three of those interceptions came week one, week one against the Bills. Yeah. The other one came against the Raiders, which was also on Sunday Night Football. So for me, it was no, it was Sunday night. So. Sunday night football is just uh, Jordan Whitehead's jam. He <laughs> that's uh, that's where he really excels. But if they can get it for the right price, hell yeah! I mean, Jordan Whitehead is is a clear fit because we've seen it before and we've seen how it works. You know, Jordan Whitehead's gonna be a great name when uh, the battle plans are all around in the spring because the fit is there on paper. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, Ryan Neal, 
doesn't look like he's going to be back uh, after this season, just based on a splitting playing time with D Delaney uh, getting benched, but somebody like Jordan Whitehead would add more spice and vigor to the defensive backfield. When you have a guy that can make those plays, as you mentioned, the interceptions that has those relationships already established and playing under Todd Bowles, it makes a lot of sense on paper. It does. And Whitehead has two more games left with the, New York football jets. You can actually watch them tonight. If you, uh, if you wanted to, they are playing the Browns, a bit of a revenge game for Joe Flecko going against, uh, Elijah I mean, Moore. everyone remembers him as, remembers him as a Raven, but he did play for the jets briefly. So, you know, maybe you don't care about this game. The jets suck. The Browns are a pretty good team, but the jets are so bad that you just don't want to watch them. I, a trillion percent, understand that but you want to have a little more fun in the game maybe bet on it over at mybookie.ag if you found a hundred dollar bill on the ground you wouldn't walk past it so don't pass up a chance at easy cash with my bookie mybookie.ag has the biggest online selection of odds and contests to fill all your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere, so you can turn that sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Bet on the NFL, college bowl games, or play for a share of big cash prizes in the weekly blackjack tournaments. If you've been waiting for the right time to get in on the action, the time is now to make your winning move today. Sign up at MyBookie using the promo code PEWTER, that is P-E-W-T-E-R, and claim your first deposit match redeemable up to $1,000. So that's $1,000 in your MyBookie bank account for absolutely free of charge. You just got to sign up. Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that is a heck of a deal. Once again, that's promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, to claim your first deposit bonus. Experience the thrill of sports betting right from the comfort of your home bet anything anytime anywhere with mybookie.ag i'm going to give you a couple picks right now for this game ooh jets team total under 12 and a half points the jets stink their offense is terrible and trevor simeon is running it but even more than that the browns have an exceptional defense and they are the home yes, team they do. in this game so Jets team total under 12 and a half. You can get that for good odds. I a million percent would take Browns minus seven. And then I don't know what the number is for the receptions, but I would actually take Garrett Wilson over on his receptions because they're just going to try to get him the ball as much as, as possible. And maybe take a flyer on Joe Flacco um, over on his passing yards because it's a revenge game. I think the Jets defense, I don't blame them, but like, the defense has just lost their spirit because the offense is so bad that they have to be on the field like 90% of the time. So, again, if you're into betting a little bit, I would take those. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Those picks. Matty Diamonds doesn't steal you wrong, especially with my Bucks picks. So uh, those would be my picks for, for that game. Those are all solid picks. Um, Matt, I have a question for you. Yeah. Uh, I know you're a man that likes a little bit of drama on game day. Love drama. We might be, we might be missing a little bit of that drama this Sunday with the Bucks and the Saints because Marshawn Lattimore, Mike Evans, Lattimore is going to be out. Carlton Davis, Michael Thomas, it's looking like hey, both. both of them are going to be out. So could another one be Luke Gedeke, Cam Jordan? Could that be maybe some drama? I hope so. I mean, I, Cam Jordan to me is just Draymond Green at this point. And he's not <laughs> even it. that because Draymond, you know, has won, what, four titles now? And he's won Defense Player of the Year. He has a pretty successful podcast. But at this point of Draymond Green's career, He's not as good as he once was, so now he just causes a ruckus and gets ejected and punches people, kicks them in the balls and elbows people and does all of this stuff because it's the only way that can, he can kind of like keep the attention going and stuff like that. And in the NFL, you can't just hit a guy and get ejected. I mean, you could, but you would end up getting suspended for not as much as Draymond because they play 82 games, but... You couldn't just do that on a weekly basis because you would cause your team penalty yards and all that stuff. But, I mean, Cam Jordan, all he can do now is just keep talking. And he keeps saying, like, oh, the Bucs are going to suck. The Bucs suck. We're better than them. And then every single time, they just prove him wrong. Like, time and yeah. time again. Oh, we always beat the Bucs. We've always beaten them with Tom Brady. Oh, well, you know, they beat them in the playoffs and went on to win the Super Bowl. One year that they kind of stunk with Tom Brady, they beat the Saints twice. Oh, well, they're going to be terrible now. They got Baker Mayfield. They beat the crap out of them in that first game. So, yeah, I think he just needs to be quiet because his words are hollow. That's the thing is that his words are hollow. He's not bringing it himself. Scott brought up the stats yesterday. I think he has like two sacks on the season. Yep. Luke Gedeke took his lunch the last time that they played. <laughs> Luke Gedeke, that video. Um, Amazing. Adam wrote about it today. Awesome video because when you play offensive line, you got to have like the right temperament of psycho to play it. Yeah. And that was on, and I mean, this is a compliment that was on full display for uh, Luke Gedeke in that video. So um, could it be a rivalry? Yeah, sure. I guess Cam Jordan, if the saints go down 20, could, he could end up taking a swing at, at Luke Gedeke, but uh, we, we do need a, we do need a new budding rivalry, especially, you know, Michael Thomas is on his way out. Mike's a free agent after the season. It's not a guarantee he's going to be back. Carlton could be cut after this year. There is room for a new rivalry in Bucks for Saints, and maybe Luke Gedeke's the guy to continue it. Yeah, for sure. I like this comment here. Uh, talking about the smellies from uh, the Mike Up Luke video. You know it's a good video when offensive coordinator Dave Canales is talking about it today, and he's just yeah. like seven minutes of pure fun. Um, and he's quite the showman. So if you haven't seen that video, as Dave Canales said, definitely got to check it out. Yeah, very, very cool. We got uh, one more super chat to get to 
from Meets McGee. Thank you for the $5 Super Chat. Says, Edge, defensive line, and center are our big needs. And please don't let uh, Bucks fans get to you. They're not the brightest bunch. They still believe in Devin White. I think Bucks fans, at least the few people, are quite intelligent the people. That, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they made me better at my game um, for certain questions they bring up. You guys always bring awesome questions. You bring awesome comments. A lot of comedy and humor, which I personally oh, yeah. appreciate. Uh, you guys make this show so much fun. So I am by no means dissing the uh, Bucks fans or the community or anything like that. I just had something to say, so I said it. Um, but yeah, appreciate the super chat. And edge, defensive line, and center, biggest needs. Yeah, I don't really disagree. I think you yeah. could throw, as far as other needs in general, safety, a strong safety. If you want a long-term strong safety, I think that's it. I wouldn't mind another tight end. I know Payne Durham has gotten better. I guess I, I mean, if Brock Bowers is available, I think you go Brock Bowers. I wouldn't hate another tight end into the group. I don't think Coquif really brings much anymore. Can never, kind of like what Kelly Dwight Field said earlier, linebackers, never a bad decision. I think a long-term backup running back. Chase Edmonds has been good this year. Yeah. But I think just having another young guy that you know is going to be there for like three seasons. You have it a little bit in Sean Tucker, but I wouldn't hate drafting another running back. Uh, those are just the first couple things that pop into my head. Yeah, I agree. And based on the super chat, uh, defensive line, I would say Logan Hall, he might not be that guy. Will Golston after this year, he might not be around. He's been in the league a long time. Uh, he's 32. They re-signed him late in training camp. So if they want to get a younger guy uh, to pair with Kalijah Kansi, I think defensive line has an argument in it as well. Let's get to uh, a couple more videos from Dave Canales that we had today. Uh, we talked about this a little bit. This could be a historic game in, in yeah. Bucks history. Mike Evans could have, he could get his 14th touchdown, which would be, I believe that would tie his record. Yeah, it could tie his career high, but if he has a two-touchdown game, that would be a new career high for him. Rashad White could get a thousand rushing yards, which would be the first time since Doug Martin did it. And Chris Godwin, I believe, is 107 yards away from being an a thousand yard receiver. And it would be the first time in team history that they had two wide receivers and a running back all go for a thousand yards, receivers with receiving yards, running back with rushing yards. So that would be really, really cool that we haven't seen yeah. it yet. So Dave Canales got asked, like, how would that make him feel if if they were able to accomplish something like that, especially in a sixteen game in, in sixteen games versus seventeen games, which makes it a little bit easier to do, but still a great accomplishment in of itself. Receivers and one thousand yard rusher. It's never happened in the same year in Tampa, I don't believe. So, like, what does it mean that those guys are so close to doing some of those things and, and all in the same same offense? Yeah, I think it just speaks to the balance of, of what we're trying to build here. Um, you know, this from the first press conferences, it's this attacking style of offense that has a run game that's viable, that has the play action plays that come off of it, the screens that come off of it, and then the timing and rhythm of the pass game. Um, and it's taken us all season to really get the whole thing working on all cylinders, you know. So um, I think that it's really cool. It's, it's again, for me, it's, 
It's like, I just want to build something that we can be proud of, you know, and that's, that's where my heart is, is to, is to say that we're, we're not the, a laughing stock. We're not, you know, we're not out here just, you know, throwing the ball around and, and doing those things or searching the next big play. It's like, something that we can hang our hat on to say, this is our system, this is how we do things, and here's all the stuff that comes off of it, and we're continuing to expand even now as we solidify some of the things that we wanna be consistent for us. Um, there's plays off of plays that are starting to come alive for us. Um, and so to have, you know, that, to have that kind of productivity coming out of the quarterback, the skill players that we're trying to get going, um, to make the focal point of the offense just means that we're doing a great job of putting them in a, in a spot to be successful. Those great performances from Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans in particular are going to get them paid this offseason. So it'll be very important for them to uh, invest their money wisely. And for them, I'd recommend using a Muni Financial to help them with all of their financials. At A Muni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Aim Uni Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. That's right. Immuni Financial has proudly been serving clients across the country since 1980. They can help you out with advisory services, brokerage services, uh, investment banking, annuities, sales and trading, and uh, many other things, including starting a college savings account for your child if they uh, planned or want to go to college uh, eventually when when uh, they get to it. The cool thing is, is that um, Immunity Financial is all over the country. It's not just in Tampa. It's not just in Colorado. So you could be in Louisiana. You could be in Nebraska if you're over by Jason Light or Levante David or Will Compton. Shout out Bustle with the boys. They got it all over the United States. So give them a call. Hit them up over at Immunity Financial. Get a free consultation. It's absolutely free. Why not give it a shot? Find out how they can help you. And uh, thanks to our friends over at Immuni Financial. Let's get to one more video from good old Dave Canals. So, had a good conversation with Larry Foote, too, talking a little bit about Devin White. But as far as Dave Canales goes, kind of back to his coaching journey about if he ever doubted yeah. himself during the the stretch where things weren't working for the Bucs. And now he's on the other side of things, which uh, – is the nicer side to be on, but these are the words of Bucks offensive coordinator Dave Canales. Absolutely, I'm human, you know. So for me, it um, I didn't have a choice but to continue to believe. I didn't have a choice but to say, "This is what I know." So, and then again, talked about some of the veteran coaches, you know, Coach Coach Rapone, Coach Ross on the defensive side, you know, and um, Todd, of course, and then I got a bunch of experience on on our side, Keith Armstrong, you know, these guys who have been through it all. They've been at the highest of heights. These all, all these guys have Super Bowl rings, and and they've been on some really rough teams too. And and the, and the consistent part of it is you don't change. You continue to be about the fundamentals, about the ball, you know, about eliminating those pre-snap penalties, um, about all the simple basic things. And so, if we can make our focus about just daily growth, can we just have a great Wednesday? Can we have a great Thursday? Then we can block out all the other pressure, myself included 
when I start to get a little discouraged with what's going on here, it's like, okay, forget about all that. Don't look down the road. Just look at this game film. What can we improve on? And that brings us all back to grounded. That puts our feet firmly on the ground and gives us something to really work on. So um, for sure. But I think that it was it was a real test for me too as a first time coordinator to say, are you gonna stay with it? Are you gonna be about what you said you're gonna be about? Um, and just continue to encourage the group like this is all we have boys. So let's let's continue to grow that way. Before we finish the show, Adam, um, if the Bucs are going to win, what do you need to see from them on, on each side of the ball to, to say, hey, they're going to clinch the division? Yeah, on offense, well, we've heard plenty from Dave Canales today. Just continuing that consistency that we've seen in recent weeks uh, in the pass and run game. Uh, everything's been clicking. Baker Mayfield, he's been baking on offense. He has. And that's going to be key is getting Mike Evans and Chris Godwin the ball. It works. Um, and on defense, when you look at it, stopping Alvin Kamara, um, seeing a couple chats in here talking about Kamara, and they really did. And that was key in week four. He had 13 catches for 33 yards. And without Michael Thomas, Slant Boy, and it's really just going to be Chris Olave. If they can stop both of those guys, the Saints really don't have many methods of putting up points otherwise. So the Bucks. To win this game and to win the title, I think those are going to be key. Yeah, I, I really think Olave is the is the top guy that they need to stop because they slowed him down that first game, and I think he's gotten so much better since then. But he's clearly, I think, their number one threat at this point, uh, having a really good season in his his uh, second year in the NFL. Offensively for the Bucks, I mean, if Baker keeps playing at this level – Really just rely on Baker. I think yeah. they can get it done throwing it. They can get it done passing it. I just think um, really just play turnover free and they'll be fine. But that's what they've been doing all season long. So, uh, yeah, if they, if they play like that, then they, they should be good to go. We will be covering the game live from Raymond James Stadium. Adam will be there. So will Scott Reynolds. So will Bailey Adams. I will be on the Peter Game Day show, which uh, starts at 12 noon. And then we got the live. Uh, in-game reactions, opinions, all that fun stuff coming up at 1 o'clock. It's a great time brought to you by Celsius, so make sure you tune in for that. Um, until then, for Adam Slavon, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll see you on Sunday for a New Year's Eve edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.